Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and thanks so much for tuning in to Second Vision. Did you know that changing your thought pattern will change your life for the better? Kevin Murphy is the author of The Three Rooms, and he is here to help us learn how to live in the present. Kevin Murphy is a former Wall Street managing director, high school and collegiate wrestling champion, and community activist. He is also a seasoned speaker, author, and coach, and the author of the book, The Three Rooms. Kevin spent over 30 years at Citigroup in the field of sales and became a luminary in the options field. And his inner voice called him, though, to make a change from the corporate world in order to apply a new concept that was improving his life. He started practicing on people in business, the youngsters that he coached in wrestling, and this also included those who were pulled into the opiate and drug epidemic. The premise of the book is simple. Our thoughts can only be in one of three places, the past room, the present room, or future room. So if you're tuned in, ask yourself, what room are you in? And if you want to change rooms, meet Kevin Murphy. How are you, Kevin? Very good. Thanks for having me on, Kristen. Oh, a pleasure. I mean, it, it's such, um, it's, it was so interesting to read about your background, uh, you know, that you were in sales and uh, marketing and the options field and then made this change to mindfulness and consciousness. You know, how did that happen? Well, I guess it's not um, not too often you go from a, um, a Wall Street career and, and end up writing a, a consciousness-minded book. Um, but I think I had been on, you know, an internal uh, spiritual journey for, you know, for several decades, um, just from things that I had gone through personally and different mergers through work. And, you know, you learn to keep looking within for answers. And the more you start to look within, then you start to read about some really, you know, in- interesting people who are bringing, um, you know, um, con- more conscious-minded thoughts to you. And, um, you know, eventually the the concept of the three rooms, um, you know, evolved. But, you know, it wasn't a conscious decision that, you know, I think I'll leave my career on Wall Street and, and go write a book. You know, what should I write about? It, it's more right. that um, the book, you know, the book came to me. Yeah, isn't that, you know, like that, um, who was it who wrote the book, uh, you know, where he said that God was speaking through him. I did an interview on that years and years ago. Uh, you would remember it. Uh, you know, Neil that he was just Don- told Neil Donald that, Walsh? Yes, yes. He's just told that conversations with God. It's such a wonderful book. Just told that God was speaking to him, and and everything came to him. So I guess this was a a, a sort of something that evolved over time, and it was a day in meditation where your inner voice said, you know, you 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 just recognized you were living in the present. You know that that was working for you. How did the concept evolve? The metaphor of the three rooms. Well, you know, I I literally started to just get this premonition that I was going to write a book and I didn't know what it was about. So, and I even wrote down on a piece of paper, which I still have in my drawer, like, I think I'm supposed to write a book, but I, I don't know what it's about. And then, you know, maybe a month or so later, I started getting this image of three doors and one was clearly labeled the past. One was clearly labeled the present. One was labeled the future. And so I said, well, I think this is what I'm supposed to write about. And so as thoughts started to come to me about the doors in the past, the present, and the future, I kept describing the place beyond the doors. And so the three doors eventually became three rooms. But I think what was most important and most interesting was that I then early on wrote down 10 chapters to the book. And they're the same chapters that, you know, are in the book now. And over the course of the next three years, 
just while I was commuting back and forth into the city and going to work, I just kept writing down all these different thoughts um, or ideas that I had. And sometimes they were based on personal experiences from commuting or whatever. Other times they were based on, you know, movies and books and songs that I heard. And as I wrote them down, I would literally say, oh, this goes into chapter three. Oh, this goes into chapter seven. Oh, this is talking about moving from room to room. That's chapter five. And eventually after like three years, all the chapters were filled in. And that's when I thought, you know what, I, I guess I'm supposed to step away and, and, and publish this book. And that's exactly what happened. And now, were you somebody who was haunted by the past or had trouble letting go of things or, uh, you know, had fear and anxiety over the future, as so many of us do? I mean, there must have been something driving you toward this concept. Um, you know, that's a, it's a really good question. And I don't think um, I ever really focused you know, either too much on the past or, or, or too much on the future. But I did have to let some things go from the past. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I had gone through a divorce um, and, you know, found, <clears throat> excuse me, found myself living in a little basement apartment, you know, without my kids um, and wondering how I got there. And, and you know, I got, I got mad at God. I, I stood on my bed and, and screamed at him. And um, it was, you know, maybe a little while after that that, all of a sudden, everything you know these these concepts started coming, and all of a sudden, everything started to to fill in and 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 work out in my life um, the way that I envisioned. That, that's interesting. That was a catalyst, I guess. That was a turning point for you. Um, I would have to say, if there was one turning point, I would have to say that was that was it. And that's pretty and big. part of that. Yeah, part of that was about forgiveness and and letting go, and mm-hmm. um, and and it was. Extremely liberating um, mm-hmm. to let it to it, let thoughts of the past go. Forgiveness is everything. I mean, we can't. Uh, I always say to people, and you know, during my my talks and my my speeches, that my sister got hit by a drunk driver when she was 28, and um, you know, part of her recovery, huge part of her recovery, was was forgiving that drunk man who hit her, ruined her life. You know. Uh, we all have to forgive. You know, living with forgiveness is such a heaviness. You know, it's it really weighs down on all of us. I mean, when it's forgiving ourselves or forgiving someone else, you know. So, I mean, firstly, how does your book differ from someone such as we said before, before the call, uh, the author Eckhart Tolle? You know, there's so many books out on mindfulness and living in the present and not in the future. How, how does your book differ? Well, you know, that's that's a great point, and... and... You know, we know that it's it's you know really important to um, you know to live in the present and and be in the now and um, you know the power of the now is is so important um, and all of those concepts um, are really centered about the conscious awareness of our thoughts. So you know most people understand how important it is to to monitor our own thoughts and they keep hearing it, but the problem is that most of us just don't do a very good job at it. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to ask you the question like, well, you know, why not? I mean, if if our thoughts can directly affect our health, our wealth, our you know, our relationships, you know, why wouldn't we better monitor them? And so either people don't think they have enough time in their day to monitor their thoughts, or they don't want to take the time, or, or you know, or they just don't know how. And you know, the purpose of the three rooms is to address the how. The how to. Yeah, the how to. So, right. So so. Um... 
you're saying that your book differs and that you give people step-by-step, is it meditation exercises or let, let's take just a simple concept and how to, how to get out of the past. When it's like you deal with it first, what if some people struggle with, you know, letting go, forgiveness, you know, haunted by something that happened, a, a memory, a trauma. It's very, very difficult for some people if they don't go through therapy or even people in therapy can't let go sometimes. Um, uh, agreed. And so it really first always stems on on the awareness of of how you're feeling because most people you know get stuck in different rooms either in the past feeling mm-hmm. negative emotions and they don't realize they're there and if you don't if you're not aware of that mm-hmm. you constantly keep you know um, feeling that either resentment or anger or or um you know yes. holding grudges and, and you, you you can't let it go if you don't realize that you're constantly there and people, you know, stress is such a big part of, um, you know, society today and, and probably one of the, the, the number one cause of, of, of um, chronic illness in, in society. But if you're not aware that you're constantly thinking about things in the future that are causing you to feel stress and anxiety, then you can't do anything about it. So, you know, the goal of the three rooms is really to, you know, one, help raise awareness about the power of our thoughts and the corresponding mm-hmm. emotions that they produce, and two, mm-hmm. then help simplify the process of monitoring them, and then mm-hmm. illustrate the correlation between our thoughts and emotions, and then how they mm-hmm. translate into the direct experience of our lives in every moment. So it's to make it as easy as, you know, for a child, you know, um, to be able to monitor, the, you know, their thoughts, and putting them into one of three buckets or one of three rooms just makes it much easier, you know, because we have so many thoughts. Whatever the number is, sixty to seventy thousand thoughts a day, and you can't say, "Well, I'm going to just monitor every one of my thoughts," you know, during the day. But we can monitor how we feel, and how we feel is always our indication of which room we're in. You know, if we're thinking about something in the past and we're angry about something, or you know, resentful about something, or and it could be even feeling guilt about something we did or we didn't do. We have those negative emotions. It's the negative emotions that let us know that we're pulled out of the present room. And consequently, if we're feeling stress or anxiety, we know that we've been pulled out. And so how we know that we're not in the present room is simply by how we feel. And if we're in the present room, we have a feeling of lightheartedness. That is, peace. you know, it's peace. It's a, it's a conscious awareness of love, and and mm-hmm. that's when we're, we're aligned with our higher self, acceptance, yeah. and satisfaction, and all those things, because it's simply alignment. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to put it in it, we're aligned with our own higher self, with our own soul, mm-hmm. and when we come out of alignment, how you feel is your indication of that you've been um, pulled out. Now, how we're pulled out is through our thoughts. So, you know, the tagline of the three rooms is change your thoughts, change your life. It's really about, you know, change your emotions, you, you, you change your life. But our thoughts have the biggest impact on, on how we feel. So true. Uh, so well said. You know, and, it, and it's struggling. So many people struggle with things that they, I, you know, I read this one book. It's a Buddhist philosophy, The Five Things We Cannot Change. And and so much of it is what you're saying, and that is there are certain things we we cannot change from the past. They They are what they are, but with acceptance, you know, we can turn them around and change our feelings toward them, and then they won't manifest in such a negative way in our life. Exactly the point. And you hit something you know, earlier. You know, when when people have trouble 
getting out of the past trauma because it keeps, you know, re, they keep reliving those negative emotions. And people say, well, well, it's easy to just say come out of the past trauma into the present moment, but it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to let that go. And sometimes one of the best ways is to think about someone else who has gone through something much more serious, you know, like being mm-hmm. hit by a drunk driver and having their life altered that way and them, have, you know, learning to forgive. And then you can say, well, you know, you can't forgive that person because they said something bad about you yesterday, and yet this person is forgiving someone who's, you know, seriously injured them for the rest of their life or something along those lines. Right. And you say, right. Like, wow, okay, I can, I can let this go. And also when you're, when you're holding on to something, it's usually your perception about something did. I mean, if they, if they hit you with a car, you know, you know they physically did that. But, you know, a, a lot of times it's, it's, we, it's, we perceive them to have done something, and sometimes they haven't even done it. Yet in our yes. mind they did, and we hold them guilty, and we're so angry at them and every time we see them. And then later on we can find out that, oh, you know what, they really didn't say that about us, or they really didn't do that to us, which we thought they did. And then now our, going forward our, our feelings about them change. And instead of yes, looking at them and thinking about them feeling angry and bitter, we're like, oh, you know what, they're, they're actually pretty good. Well, and if you own your side of the street, sometimes you say, well, wait a minute, maybe I had a part in this, or I, uh, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been this way if I hadn't perceived it, you know, or interacted this way. You know, sometimes it's just a, it's a hit head on with a drunk driver, or you go blind, or whatever it is you're angry or depressed over, you know. Um, the, what about the movie theater concept? What what is what does that mean? Can you explain that to us? Yeah, and I think that's a really important concept because that's that really is our experience of life. You know, we all are actors in the in the movie of our life, and that's that's we can't get around that. And so, this experience of a life is you know think of it as a movie theater, and you know we are the projectors. Our, we constantly are projecting our thoughts and our emotions out into the world. And that is what we're attracting back in. And so energy. we're in the, the that, that energy. <clears throat> that's, and that's what people feel. It's like you know, um, John C. Maxwell said, people, you know, hear, you know, they hear your words, but they feel your attitude, you know, and, and they can absolutely feel it. And so if we're in the past room, we're constantly thinking about things in the past and things that made us feel angry, that's what we're projecting out. And the concept of the movie theaters is in every room, there is a, literally a movie theater playing, and that's your experience of life. And so if you're projecting out anger and bitterness, that's what you're going to keep attracting into your life, and your experience of life is going to be, that's the movie that's playing. And if you're constantly in the future worrying about things that have yet to come, thinking about worst-case scenarios, that's what you're projecting out, and that stress and anxiety, you're going to attract more of that into your life. And yet, if you're in the present room and you are feeling peace and love and gratitude, and that's what you're projecting out into the world, that's what you're going to be attracting back in, and that's going to be the movie of your life. And it's illustrated by literally almost like a Groundhog Day, having three different examples where you can have the same exact day, and simply based on how you think or what you're thinking and how you feel, it can totally change the experience of your day or ch- totally changes the different movie you're watching. And so you Completely. can, you know, and that's why the, the book takes you through the, a day in the life of three different days. It's the same exact day, but from the person being in a different room, projecting different thoughts and emotions, and you see the 
their experience of that same day is completely different. So that's why it's so important that you don't, when you change your perception of life and if you change how you feel inside and what you think and you align yourself with your own internal, you know, um, source energy, if you will, your own higher self, it doesn't mean that tomorrow you wake up on on a tropical island and you're sipping pina coladas. You can wake up at the same bed, go to the same job, but your experience of life and your experience of that day is completely different. Simply, but you may feel as good as if you were on a beach in the exactly. in the islands, or and better you're sometimes. Your same exact, or better, or better. Some people Absolutely. sit on the beach on that tropical island. And they're worrying about everything, or they you know their 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 thoughts are they're unhappy. They're, they're yeah. unhappy. Yeah. Well, is it very necessary? You talk about a higher consciousness. Some people believe in God. Some people don't. When you're talking about a source, I mean, for my own personal beliefs, I do believe in God. I do believe in a higher. I'm also spiritual. But for someone listening or reading your book, is it necessary to have this belief? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, you could just look at it from the science perspective, and I think you know, I, I love like the you know the three amigos, doctors you know Lipton and Braden and Dispenza. And, oh and, yes. You know when they, when you talk about you know neuroplasticity or, or epigenetics or anything along those lines, what is science telling us? Science is explaining how you get stuck in the past room or how you get stuck in the future room. Now, I, you know, personally, I like to think of it from a spiritual standpoint that when I've, when I've left the present room, it means that I'm not looking at something the same way as my own higher self is looking at it. And so I need to readjust that way. But from a science perspective, every thought releases a chemical and it comes into the body. So if you're thinking about something in the future and you're worrying about it and it's producing thoughts of stress, those, you know, those, those, the cortisol that is being released, you know, um, you know, from your brain into the hormonal centers of your body, they send messages back to the brain to produce more of those thoughts, more stressful thoughts, and now you get in this loop. And, and science is telling us that that's how people get stuck in stress, and they can feel stress for days, weeks, months, or years, and they don't realize it because it's just their thoughts. Every time they produce more stressful thoughts, they're producing, you know, it, it just goes around and around. They feel the stress, let's make some more. And the same thing is in the past room. If you're angry, and that's why we see people that sometimes they always seem angry. And other people always seem stressful. And even my daughter, who's in middle school, can, can recognize when people's, you know, when someone's really angry. And they're saying, Dad, he's always in the past room. He's always so angry. You know, and uh-huh. because they see that, but it's, science is telling us that. And most important is that they also say, because the same thing goes for the present room. And in the present room, when you're feeling um, gratitude and appreciation, now you start to release those endorphins, the oxytocins, the serotonins, all those positive feeling chemicals in your body, which then go into your hormonal system. You feel that. It sends messages back to the brain saying, hey, produce more thoughts that produce these emotions. And that's how you get those people that are always seem so happy all the time. And sometimes they, they get people upset. They go, oh, damn, that person's always so damn happy. What's with that? Because the more well, happy thoughts of gratitude. Well, if the glass is half full, you know, always half full. I mean, making that simple gratitude list every single day is really life-changing. It has been for me, you know, to have, even just before you go to sleep, the five things that you're grateful for. And often you find out you have at least 25 before you go to bed, you know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Just writing them down. Yeah, and from a spiritual standpoint, it means you're aligning with your higher self. And from a yes. scientific standpoint, it means you're releasing those positive chemicals into your, bo- into your body that's, you know, then producing 
more thoughts equal to those emotions. And so scientifically, you're getting stuck there. And so if you're going to get stuck in one of the rooms and every one of your thoughts produces a chemical, why not? Why not say, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to produce those chemicals that make me feel good instead of those chemicals that make me feel bad. That bring me down, yeah. And, and with some people, it's just a repeat pattern. They just can't, they just get stuck in it, you know. And it, it just manifests in uh, tension and anger and sleeplessness or depression, whatever it is, you know, that we, we all have um, gotten stuck in from time to time. So tell me, this is a full-time thing for you now. Did you transform yourself into someone who's... Uh, you know, studied with the greats and giving workshops, and you're out. Uh, this is this is what you're doing full time now, right? Well, this is, um, you know, I, I'm actually in the in the process of writing another book, and that's um, you know that's similar. Um, I still I still have um, work that I'm doing. I'm, I sit on the board of directors of a major options exchange, and I do. Um, I still have my feet you know, back in the industry that I came from. Um, but I did this. I had a, you know, whatever you want to call it, a calling to do this. Um, I put it out there, and I'm wide open for, you know, what life brings now. And right now is it, it's explaining this. It's talking about it. And as far as, you know, this goes and more concepts, um, I'll keep talking about it because, you know, it's something that I live. And, you know, it's something that I think ultimately it's going to be about teaching the children how to do this because, you know, there's, you know, when you, you look around, um, you know, in, in society, you know, we're at an interesting time in our history right now. Very interesting. So many, you know, many people are looking within to find peace and, and, and that, you know, feeling of mm-hmm. harmony or unity with others. But when you look around, you still see so many people in stress, you know, struggling with job pressures and addiction. And, you know, not only people are they're taking sides on so many different issues from the left and the right, but they're no longer listening to the other side's point of view. And yeah, so, true. You know, we need we need much more harmony, you know, in the world. And I think that, you know, um, you know we're so polarized. Bring, yeah, we're so polarized. And, and so letting people become more aware of how they feel. And we were just talking mm-hmm. about being stuck in each room. And once again, you can't, you can't come out of the past or future room unless you know you're stuck there and you're, you know, you're, you're constantly being aware of it. So the simple question and answer of which room are my thoughts in, in order to just answer that one question, you have to be aware of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it is that awareness or that consciousness that what we want to tap into. That's now we're now our awareness or our consciousness we're separated from our thoughts. And so all day long and you just say, you know, where are my thoughts, you know, or which room am I in? Um, that's constantly separates you from your thoughts and now you can start to monitor, you know, what you're thinking or how you're feeling and you can start to do the things necessary to come back into the present. That's great. Well, you know, and so often we we have this big picture in our mind of the future. You know, when we when we're fearful or anxious over something, and and nine times out of ten, those problems never happen. We we worry ourselves sick over something that may never even come to pass. You know, when you go into the, the third room, the future room. You know, I watched that with my dad. He was kind of a worrier. You know. And uh, unfortunately, he passed at age 74. But when I thought about it sometimes, you know, I thought, geez, so many of my dad's worries never came to pass, you know, because he didn't, he didn't even get there, unfortunately. But um, even, you know, for many of us who will live to whatever ripe old age, those, those fears and anxieties may not even happen. And so, you know, it, it, you worry yourself sick sometimes over nothing is my point. 
Yeah, and I think it comes down to one thing, just thinking about if you're thinking about what is and then you're worrying about it happening or not, you know, not happening in the in the future. Like what is is I don't have enough money now, so therefore I'm, I'm not going to have enough money in the future and you're worried about that. Um, that's a big difference than saying what can be. And in the present moment, instead of saying, well, you know, I don't have this and therefore I may not have this in the future. I don't know how to do it. You know, you think about, you know, the feeling as if you already have something. You imagine having it already. And yes. then you can yes. look out into the future, and that positive feeling keeps you in the present room. So you're imagining yes. the future. Instead of look, going into the future room to worry about the future, you're imagining the future you want in the, in, the, in the future, but you're doing it right now, and you're feeling as if it's already happened. Now you're allowed, and you're enabling yourself to attract into those things into your life that you're desiring. Yes, because lack attracts lack. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It does. Absolutely. You're right. And I I love the fact you've referred to a number of times writing things down because that's always been very positive. It's just a simple little technique. But every time I've manifested something on uh, put something on paper, it it seems to manifest in the world for me. You know, something I've wanted, whether it's a, you know, um, you know, my second vision workbook or doing a radio show or speaking in, in front of a certain amount of people or whatever the, whatever the case may be, going to a, a beautiful island. It's all happened, you know, but putting something down on paper is very powerful, it, as well as the gratitude list, you know, that we should all do every single day. And as my brother used to say, never compare yourself to anyone unless they are worse off than you, <laughs> you know, because that, that gets us into trouble, you know. So, so tell us a bit more before we wind down here on your – Workshops where people can find your book, your website. Well, the uh, the book is um, on Amazon. Just looking up Kevin Murphy and the Three Rooms, um, and um, you can find me. The website is um, just the Three Rooms dot com. The the three spelled out T R T H R E E. Um, and you know, there's a you know, um, a Facebook page and um, you know the three rooms. But I think the website's the best place to find you know more information, you know, on the book. And again, it's available on Amazon. Great, perfect. And is the book you know for our visually impaired listeners? Is it on an ebook or Kindle it's or audio? Audible. Audible. It's it's um it should be available on Audible you know within a week or two. Uh, you know, I know it's already been um uh, you know taped and. Um, you know, in the final production. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, big, um, big fans of Audible, and um, both from who are visually impaired or or who um, just, you know, drive to work every day and, and yes. spend a lot of time. So, oh um, my God, yeah. I, I I always have a book in my ear, so I will get it on Audible. Thank you so much. That is just fantastic. I'll really look forward to reading it. So. Unfortunately, we're we're out of time, but it's just been a, such a pleasure to have you on today. And uh, one more time, your website is www.thetreerooms.com. Perfect, easy to remember. And for those of you listening, thank you so much. You've been listening to Second Vision with Kevin Murphy, author of The Three Rooms, and I'm Kristen McDonald. Hope you have a blessed day. And remember, be careful what room you walk into. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> 